In God's holy word to the book of 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, our text again today are these closing instructions and we'll continue considering them together. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, beginning in verse 25 through 28. Hear now God's very word. Brothers, pray for us. Greet all the brothers with a holy kiss. I put you under oath before the Lord to have this letter read to all the brothers. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Thus ends the reading of God's very word. Let's bow before the Lord in prayer. Father, we ask that you would come now by your Holy Spirit and that as we consider these instructions that uh, you gave through your servant, the Apostle Paul, originally to the church at Thessalonica. How we thank you that this is your inerrant, infallible, authoritative, eternal word, and that these instructions uh, are not just for those people close to 2,000 years ago, but these are your instructions, commands for us today. Help us to understand them rightly and to put them into practice in you, Lord Jesus. We make our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. We have looked at verse 25 brothers pray for us and um, over in second thessalonians chapter 3 um, we see a similar instruction uh, and more details about what was on the apostle paul's heart as far as the specifics of what we uh, need to be praying one for another about. And so if you would turn with me to 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verses 1 and following. Finally, brothers, pray for us that the word of the Lord may speed ahead and be honored as happened among you and that we may be delivered from wicked and evil men, for not all have faith. But the Lord is faithful. He will establish you and guard you against the evil one. And we have confidence in the Lord about you that you are doing and will do the things that we command. May the Lord direct your hearts to the love of God, and to the steadfastness of Christ. In verse 25 of 1 Thessalonians, we have considered several things. First of all, uh, uh, brothers. And this highlights the incredible privilege that we have to be a part of the family of God, redeemed in the Lord Jesus and adopted uh, into God's family with the privilege of calling God our Father. And the Lord Jesus is not ashamed to own us as his brothers and sisters. 
we see that uh, the particular uh, desire of the Apostle Paul was that uh, the word of the Lord would speed ahead. And we saw how God came and broke into that dark place, bringing the apostolic gospel, the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ, that he came to save helpless, hopeless sons and daughters of Adam, caught in the web of sin. And Jesus alone can rescue us, delivering us from alienation with the living God, our Creator, and restore us to peace with God through His work as the Lamb of God laying down His life upon the cross. Uh, He came forth from the tomb, and as that living Savior, He has called us unto Himself. Now, there's one more aspect of this matter uh, that we want to consider before we move on to the next instruction. And that is that the word of God not only would be proclaimed, but as we see there in 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, and be honored. Not only uh, is a, a child of God yearning to see the gospel go forth and to see people converted, people repenting of their sins and confessing Christ, but uh, both the messengers and those who receive the message uh, uh, want to honor that word. And so what does that mean? What does it mean to honor the word of the Lord? Uh, That is something we ought to be praying for. We pray for us that the word of the Lord may speed ahead and be honored as has happened among you. Well, first of all, when the word of God is honored, it is believed. It is heard. It is hungered for. Um, Let's look at several passages of Scripture. Uh, uh, Turn with me, first of all, to the book of Acts. Uh, Here we have the testimony of a man by the name of Cornelius. And there are two chapters in the book of Acts that focus on this incredible event where now the floodgates are going to open up Uh, and the gospel is going to capture the Gentiles, adding them to the people of God. Up until this point, for the most part, we see in the book of Acts, uh, the gospel is there in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria, focusing on first what Jesus said, uh, that he sent his uh, self, uh, and and then the apostles first to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. But then uh, it goes past that, just as the Old Testament prophets uh, had been 
uh, uh, declaring. God had revealed through them, even in the Old Testament, that when Messiah would come, it would not just be uh, Jews who would experience the saving power and presence of Messiah, but even the Gentiles would be harvested. Uh, and it uh, is recorded for us now in Acts chapter 10. We won't read and go over the events, but there is this man Cornelius. Um, he uh, is um, in verse 3 of chapter 10, about the ninth hour of the day, he saw clearly in a vision an angel of God come in and say to him, Cornelius, and he stared at him in terror and said, What is it, Lord? And he said to him, Your prayers and your alms have ascended as a memorial before God. And now send men to Joppa and bring one Simon who is called Peter. He is lodging with one Simon, a tanner whose house is by the sea. And when the angel who spoke to him had departed, he called two of his servants and a devout soldier from among those who attended him. And having related everything to them, he sent them to Joppa. Meanwhile, in Joppa, here's the apostle Peter. Verse 9, the next day as they were on their journey and approaching the city, Peter went up on the housetop about the sixth hour to pray. Now the sixth hour is noon. And what do people generally do at noon? They generally eat. Peter is getting ready to eat, and so he goes up to pray before lunch. Verse 10, he became hungry and wanted something to eat. But while they were preparing it, he fell into a trance and saw the heavens open and something like a great sheet descending, being let down by its four corners upon the earth. In it were all kinds of animals and reptiles and birds of the air. And there came a voice to him, Rise, Peter, kill and eat. But Peter said, By no means, Lord, for I have never eaten anything that is common or unclean. And the voice came to him again a second time. What God has made clean, do not call common. This happened three times. And the thing was taken up at once to heaven. Now, while Peter was inwardly perplexed as to what the vision that he had seen might mean, behold, the men who were sent by Cornelius, having made inquiry for Simon's house, stood at the gate and called out to ask whether Simon, who was called Peter, was lodging there. And while Peter was pondering the vision, the Spirit, the Spirit of God, said to him, Behold, three men are looking for you. Rise and go down and accompany them without hesitation, for I have sent them. And Peter went down to the men and said, I am the one you are looking for. What is the reason for your coming? And they said, Cornelius, a centurion, an upright and God-fearing man who is well spoken of by the whole Jewish nation was directed by a holy angel to send for you to come to his house and hear what you have to say. So he invited them to be uh, in to be his guests. 
And the next day he rose and went away with them. And some of the brothers from Joppa accompanied him. And on the following day they entered Caesarea. Cornelius was expecting them and had called together his relatives and close friends. And when Peter entered, Cornelius met him and fell down at his feet and worshipped him. But Peter lifted him up, saying, Stand up, I too am a man. And as he talked with him, he went in and found many persons gathered. And he said to them, You yourselves know how unlawful it is for a Jew to associate with or to visit anyone of another nation. But God has shown me that I should not call any person common or unclean. So when I was sent for, I came without objection. I ask you then, why you sent for me? And Cornelius said, four days ago about this hour, I was praying in my house at the ninth hour, and behold, a man stood before me in bright clothing. And said, Cornelius, your prayer has been heard, and your alms have been remembered before God. Send, therefore, to Joppa, and ask for Simon, who is called Peter. He is lodging in the house of Simon, a tanner by the sea. So I sent for you at once, and you have been kind enough to come. And now, therefore, we are all here in the presence of God to hear all that you have been commanded by the Lord. And so what does it look like to honor the word of God? Well, there is a respect, a hunger, a desire for a person who is honoring the word of God to understand that when we read the Bible, this is God's very word. And when our parents read the Bible uh, in our homes, they are reading God Almighty, our Creator's message, His word, the word of His mouth. And we are eager to hear what our Creator would say to us. We have an expectation, a hunger that is powerful. I want you to look at this fellow Cornelius. I want you to think with me. Cornelius, when he hears an angel speak, <coughs> You know, and it wasn't some little uh, Hallmark, sweet little, you know, cute, cutesy little uh, fellow that shows up. No, when Cornelius sees this angel, <coughs> he stared at him in what? Terror. He was terrified. Because here was a mighty warrior <coughs> of God Almighty sent with a message sent on a mission. And this angel says, Cornelius, God has something to say to you. And he wants you to go get a preacher. And he has God's message. And so that's what Cornelius does. Cornelius, he 
gathers two of his trusted servants and sends one of his soldiers. He's a centurion. Uh, he has a, 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 a group of soldiers that is under his command. And he says, now, I, I want you to protect these men on this journey. And uh, they are on a very important mission. Uh, meanwhile, the Lord is preparing Peter's heart. Uh, Peter is a devout uh, uh, Jew. He has never eaten anything unclean. Uh, he, he objected strenuously, even though uh, this sheet comes down and God's voice moves from heaven as he sees all of these unclean animals. And you can read the list over in Deuteronomy chapter 14 and over in the book of Leviticus, the clean and the unclean animals. And all the only thing on this sheet is unclean animals. Shrimp, ostrich, pork, on and on. And Peter recalls when God says, Peter, take, kill, and eat. And Peter says, Lord, nothing unclean has ever touched my lips. And the Lord says, Peter, don't you call unclean what I call clean. And this happens three times. And then the sheet is gone. And, and, and Peter is just reeling. And then these unclean Gentiles show up. And Peter finds out, yes, uh, I will go with you. The Holy Spirit says, go with these men. And, and Peter, the first thing he says to them is, he says, you know it's unlawful for me to be here, but God told me to come. And so what do you, what do you need? And Cornelius said, well, an angel came and said, you had a message for me. Now, I want you to look in verse 34. Cornelius not only was there, eager to hear, but what else had Cornelius done? And I want you to look up in verse 24. And on the following day they entered Caesarea, Cornelius was expecting them. Now, he didn't know exactly when they were going to come. There were no cell phones. You know, they, they, you couldn't pick the, the phone up and say, we're almost there. But Cornelius was expecting them. And what had he done? Not only was he there waiting, he had called together his relatives and close friends. That's what it looks like to honor the Lord's word. Not only are you hungry to hear what God Almighty uh, would say to us, uh, but uh, it's too good for us just to have. We want our relatives, our close friends, uh, the neighbors. We want them also to hear the word of the living God. Verse 34, So Peter opened his mouth and said, Truly I understand that God shows no partiality, but in every nation, anyone who fears him, and does what is right, it's acceptable to him. As for the word that he sent to Israel, preaching good news of peace through Jesus Christ, 
He is Lord of all. You yourselves know what happened throughout all Judea, beginning from Galilee after the baptism that John proclaimed, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. He went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. And we are witnesses of all that he did, both in the country of the Jews and in Jerusalem. They put him to death by hanging him on a tree, but God raised him on the third day and made him to appear, not to all the people, but to us who had been chosen by God as witnesses, who ate and drank with him. After he rose from the dead, he commanded us to preach to the people and to testify that he is the one appointed by God to be judge of the living and the dead." To him all the prophets bear witness that everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. And so here's the heart of the message of the Bible. The whole of the Bible focuses on the person and work of Jesus as the Savior. And the word of God then is applied and declared from Genesis to Revelation, focusing on Jesus, but also giving instruction from every portion of Scripture about all of life, every aspect of our existence. God is speaking and addressing and giving us instruction. Well... Turn with me over in the Psalms. And here's what it looks like to honor the Word of God. When you hear the Word of God, when you hear the message of salvation in Jesus, when you hear all of the instructions that God gives, what happens? Uh, how, how do we receive that message from God. Well, Psalm 19 tells us that God declares his word in two ways. First of all, in a general way. Uh, just all of creation is declaring the glory of God. And so when we get up, when we uh, uh, see the moon, when we see the stars, when we see the seasons change, when we consider our own bodies, uh, when we eat food, when we enjoy different tastes and our taste buds leap for joy, uh, when you eat your favorite uh, meal, um, God is displaying his glory and we ought to respond appropriately. Uh, we ought to rejoice in the Lord. We ought to give ourselves anew uh, to hate our own sin and to love Jesus uh, even more just because of the testimony of God. And so that's what we see in verses 1 and following. The heavens declare the glory of God and the work above proclaims its handiwork. Day to day pours out speech and night to night reveals knowledge. There is no speech nor are there words 
whose voice is not heard, yet their voice goes out through all the earth and their words to the end of the world. In them he has set a tent for the sun, which comes out like a bridegroom leaving his chamber, and like a strong man runs its course with joy. Its rising is from the end of the heavens, and its circuit to the end of them, and there is nothing hidden from its heat. And so that's the first way that God speaks in a general way. But his word, the Holy Bible, the scriptures, uh, that is his special word. And that's what we need to give special attention to. And that's what had come to Thessalonica. And God had captured in his message of salvation, the gospel of Jesus Christ, these people, so that they loved the Lord. And so verse 7 and following, the law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The rules of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. And so those who hear the word of God, those who have a Bible, uh, we are hungry to read it. We're hungry to be taught it by our mama, by our daddy. We are hungry to gather with God's people to hear more. How, how much do we desire it? Verse 10, more to be desired are they than gold, even much fine gold. If I told you that in my yard there was buried a big treasure chest full of gold, by the way, there's not. But let's just pretend there was. And you really believed that there was in a field or maybe the yard down at the fellowship house. And you really believed that there was a big chest of gold and you had the treasure map. What would you do? There'd probably be a bunch of holes in the yard down there. You know? You'd get a shovel and you would, you would start digging, would you not? And the psalmist describes how that when, when the word of God comes, when we treat the word of God rightly, we desire to hear the message of God even more than gold, much pure gold. God's word is a treasure. And then look at the next. When we honor the word of God, when we view it rightly, it's sweeter also than honey and the drippings of the honeycomb. Our, our taste buds yearn to know more of the message of life and hope and the love of God for us in Jesus and his instructions for us in our everyday lives, learning his paths, because his paths, oh, they're the good paths. They're the smooth paths. They won't lead you out into the briar patches 
and over a cliff where you would be destroyed. But God's paths, oh, they're the good paths. Moreover, by them is your servant warned. In keeping them, there is great reward. Turn with me to Psalm 119. And no, we're not going to read this entire psalm this morning. But we are going to look at just a few places in this psalm. Look over in Psalm 119, verse 97. Here's what it looks like to honor the Word of God. Oh, how I love your law. It is my meditation all the day. Oh, how I love your law. It is my meditation. Now, what does it mean to meditate? And Christian biblical meditation is far different, radically different from Eastern religion false meditation. Eastern religion, when they have meditation, they try to empty their minds of everything. But Christian meditation is us thinking about God as he has revealed himself. And I, I, I've used the analogy of a, a cow chewing her cud. Did you know that cows don't just chew and swallow their food once. It's so good, they burp it back up and chew it again. And that's what God wants us to be doing with his word. He wants us to read it. He wants us to memorize it. He wants it to be written upon our hearts. And he wants us to be regurgitating his word in our minds and chewing on it throughout the day. Thinking about passages of scripture, truths of God. That's what it looks like to honor the word of God. Turn back with me to Psalm 1. Psalm 1. Blessed is the man. Do you want to be happy? You say, well, Henry, what a dumb question. Yeah, of course I want to be happy. Well, this psalm tells us how to be happy. You have to have Jesus. And you have to have his word. Blessed, happy is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither. In all that he does he prospers, the wicked are not so, but they are like chaff that the wind drives away. And therefore the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. God says, 
We need to be praying that the word of God would be honored, first and foremost in my own heart, that I would, by the grace of God, and you know, it's easy for our hearts to grow cold and dull. My heart, your heart, is kind of like a furnace. Now, I have a furnace at my house that I heat my, my, my home with. And that furnace has to be tended. And there are two things that have to take place for that furnace to be able to keep producing heat. New fuel has to be put in that furnace. Uh, I, I have to keep putting wood in that furnace. And then the other thing that has to happen is the ashes build up. And so it is with us. Our hearts have to be tended. Sin, it, it, it will creep up on you. And it will smother out. The fire, uh, it, it has to be removed. A and then new fuel constantly is, is, is needed. And that fuel is Jesus coming by his spirit, feeding our hearts as he speaks to us, as he reveals himself in his word, the Bible. He feeds us. And so what does it look like to honor the Word of God? We're eager to hear. We're eager to read. We feed upon God's Word. We're eager to gather for family worship. We're eager to gather with God's people. We're hungry for the Word of God. And not only for ourselves, but we want our family and our neighbors and our friends don't be bashful about inviting people to come and hear the Word of God. Well, in closing, there's one more thing uh, that we need to consider in this matter of honoring God's Word. And that is that we want to live the Word. We want to live in such a way that the gospel we profess with our mouth is adorned with a life that reflects that truth. Let's look at a couple of passages. Um, over in the book of, of Timothy, chapter uh, 4, uh, we see in verse 11... The Apostle Paul instructing Timothy, Command and teach these things. Let no one despise you for your youth, but set the believers, what? An example in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, in purity. Until I come, devote yourself to the public reading of Scripture, to exhortation, to teaching. Do not neglect the gift you have which was given you by prophecy when the council of elders, the presbytery, 
laid their hands on you. Practice these things. Immerse yourself in them so that all may see your progress. Practice these things. In other words, when the word of God goes forth, uh, uh, elders are supposed to be setting an example. Your parents who read the word of God to you are setting an example for you to follow. Turn with me uh, in 1 Corinthians chapter 11. Here's what the Apostle Paul said to the church at Corinth. Verse 1, Be imitators of me as I am of Christ. God says that his people are to follow the example of those who believe the Word of God and are teaching the Word of God, uh, you older brothers and sisters. God says He's calling you to honor the Word of God, to live in such a way that your younger brothers and sisters will see the example of you loving Jesus and following him. Turn with me to chapter 4 of 1 Corinthians. The Apostle Paul loved these Christians in Corinth and Thessalonica and Ephesus, and he traveled a lot. And these letters, many times, he says, oh, I wanted to come to you, but I couldn't. At least not yet. And so, look at verse 14. He says, I do not write these things to make you ashamed, but to admonish you as my beloved children. For though you have countless guides in Christ, you do not have many fathers. For I became your father in Christ Jesus through the gospel. I urge you then, be imitators of me. That is why I sent you Timothy my beloved and faithful child in the Lord, to remind you of my ways in Christ as I teach them everywhere in every church. Uh, the Apostle Paul couldn't come himself, and so he sent Timothy, who was his young child in the faith, and he says, now when Timothy comes, he's going to remind you what? Of my ways. Uh, Timothy has imitated me and I want you to imitate him and so that's what it looks like to honor the word of God that we are living in such a way that the gospel is being lived out before the eyes of other people and this is especially true in our own homes and in our church family but it also affects the world uh, look over in the book of 1 Peter. 1 Peter chapter 3. God calls upon us to conduct ourselves. Um, look at verse 13 of, of 1 Peter chapter 3. Now who is there to harm you if you are zealous for what is good? But even if you should suffer for righteousness' sake, you will be blessed. Have no fear of them, nor be troubled. But in your hearts, honor Christ the Lord as holy, 
always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you, yet do it with gentleness and respect, having a good conscience, so that when you are slandered, those who revile your good behavior in Christ may be put to shame. For it is better to suffer for doing good, if that should be God's will, than for doing evil. Look down in chapter 4, verse 1. Since therefore Christ suffered in the flesh, arm yourselves with the same way of thinking, for whoever has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin, so as to live the rest of the time in the flesh no longer for human passions, but for the will of God. For the time that is past suffices for doing what the Gentiles want to do. Living in sensuality, passions, drunkenness, orgies, drinking parties, and lawless idolatry. With respect to this, they are surprised when you do not join them in the same flood of debauchery. And they malign you, but they will give account to him who is ready to judge the living and the dead, for this is why the gospel was preached, even to those who are dead, that though judged in the flesh the way people are, they might live in the spirit the way God does. God calls upon us to adorn the gospel. That's what it looks like to honor the word of God. And so God calls upon us to be a people who are growing in Jesus to bear more and more fruit. For the praise of our God. And whenever we don't honor Jesus in the way we live, it brings reproach to the name of Jesus. And so that means that husband or wife, if, if, if you haven't treated each other or spoken to each other in the way Jesus wants you to, you need to humble yourself and ask for forgiveness. It means as parents, uh, grandparents, if, if, if we say something or do something or don't do what Jesus wants us to, we have to humble ourselves and ask forgiveness. And not only are we seeking to teach by a positive example, now that's the best way, but when we stumble, we are willing to humble ourselves and say, now, Daddy shouldn't have said that. Daddy shouldn't have done that. Please forgive me. Uh, we want our children and grandchildren to learn of Jesus. Imitate me as I imitate Christ. That's what it looks like to honor the Word of God. And think about, have you ever talked to someone and invited them to church and they said, I, I, I don't want to be with that bunch of hypocrites. You know, I, some of the meanest people I've ever known, preacher, were people in church. I, I, I don't need that. Have you ever heard that? Have you ever heard people point to the inconsistencies of God's people? Well, you know, what do you say then? Well, you say, well, yes. <laughs> This side of heaven, even those who love Jesus, 
are, are going to be inconsistent. But Jesus, he's not inconsistent. And I'm out asking you to come uh, and, and, and be like a hypocrite. But I am asking you to come and learn about the Savior of sinners, the Lord Jesus. And it's also a call for us to do a better job of adorning the gospel so that that excuse won't be so handy. God calls upon us to honor the word of God and to pray for that. And so pray for the elders. Pray for your mom and dad. Pray for yourself that God would make us, number one, hungry and eager to read and hear and study and meditate and gather with God's people to hear the word of God like Cornelius. Lord, give me a heart like that. And Lord, help me to be excited about inviting other people to come and hear of the message of life and hope that there's, there's somebody who can fix all the brokenness. His name is Jesus. He can restore us. And then, Lord, I pray that you would change me and grow me so that I would better adorn the gospel, so that I wouldn't live in such a way uh, that would bring reproach to your name. Lord Jesus, your name is so good, so sweet. I want to treat my wife, my husband, that when they look at us, they see a picture of what? The love and power of Jesus. Lord, help me to be a parent that in the way that I treat and talk to my children and children, the way I respond to my parents, that the world will see the reality and power of the gospel of Jesus. Lord, help me to honor your word. In the workplace, we want to do our work in such a way with dignity and honor and excellence and joy so that when people look at us, they go, man, that guy is weird. He even sings when he works. What's wrong with him? Doesn't he know this is Monday morning? It's not even Friday. And she's happy. Something's wrong. How come you're singing? You mixed up what day it is. Now I get to go to work for King Jesus. Oh, may the Lord bless us to grow in honoring his word. God's people loving each other. The world looks and goes, boy, these people, they, they, they do believe some weird things. But now I'll say one thing about them. They love each other. They take care of each other. Oh, what a, what a God we have. What a Savior. We want to honor his word. Amen. Father, write these things upon our hearts. Grow us in Christ. Thank you for these instructions that you have recorded for us in your word. And Lord, your word indeed is precious to us because it tells us about you, Lord Jesus, the living word. 
our great God, the one true living God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Bless now as we sing and conclude our worship, uh, Lord, by coming to your table. In Jesus we pray. Amen.